Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is a podcast from the Smart Material Collective, made by nerds, funded by the listeners. Is hair a material? Are biscuits a material? Are crystals a material? Is plastic a material? Is porridge a material? Can gases be a material? Are eggs a material? Is water a material? What do you call everything that isn't a material? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at you. And yet you continue to do so. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Real Talk. As ever, I'm your host, Anna Pajajski. And this episode, I have for you our first ever show in front of a live audience. It was recorded in the basement of the Harrison Pub in King's Cross with a wonderful crowd who you can hear are having a lovely time exploring with me and my wonderful guest, all things ice. On the night, I was joined by the fabulous Zoe Laughlin. Zoe is an artist, maker, presenter, materials expert and director of the Institute of Making. And I started by asking Zoe what draws her to materials. The simple answer is I can't help myself, I suppose. (laughs) Um, It's almost so overwhelming, really, when you start to think about it. Everything is made of something. And that stuff, that material, is what gives these things, these objects, their magic. And that's what delights me is that it's everywhere therefore it's an excuse to remain interested in everything if you're interested in materials you're allowed to be some sort of dilettante flitting and fleeting between things which is sort of how I operate I'm interested in all materials but also there's a sort of physicality fundamentally to it that involves our senses which is kind of how I tend to sort of move through the world a bit I am a toucher and a stroker and a licker, you know, Careful. and a poker, and a, you know, <laughs> front row regrets, any regrets? <laughs> it's, it's true. And so the, the signs were there from a young age. Probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would I had a bedside table that um, was made of wood and had grain in the wood. And I used to really enjoy running the canine tooth just like down the grain of the table because you're lying in bed and you'd, my chin, my face sort of just kadunked on the side of the table. And I just remember really enjoying that sensation of just running my teeth down this bit of wood. And it was just, it sort of, I'm a pervert, aren't I? This is the... I wasn't going to go there. Clear, but... <laughs> materials pervert. But it's, <laughs> it's like there was something I was learning. Like mm. a, some of that wood is softer and some is harder, mm-hmm. Right. This isn't that you learn something through engaging with stuff. And if you, the more you find different ways to do that, the more you're going to learn. And I think that was sort of within me. But when I was at, at school, I thought I wanted to 
make things and engage sort of physically with the world. And I, I love things like chemistry and music and art, things where you sort of got up to things, you know, that, and um, I wanted to get up to more things. And I remember thinking, mm, on balance, if I go to art college, I can more quickly do my own thing. That's what I sort of, that was the impression I got that, yeah, I would more quickly have more access to more stuff to play with. And so that's the route I went down. But in going to art college and exploring materials, sometimes you'd come up against questions where the answer or the knowledge lives in a different discipline and a different place. And that might be called engineering. It might be called physics. But it was something I would always been interested in. But then in doing a PhD in materials in an engineering department surrounded by engineers, on one hand, I was like, I've come home. But on the other hand, I was like, I'm a complete fish out of water. And I, and I just enjoyed that. I enjoy that middle ground. I enjoy saying materials are for everyone and you have, um, everyone has something to say on them. And you can look at, take a material and approach it from all different angles like this podcast does. And that's what we try and do at the Institute of Making. We say this is about material and process. That's what making is. Materials relating to process come at it from whatever angle you wish. But whilst you're doing that, also appreciate there's all these other angles and they're all part of the story and the family. And it's I'm not really into labels, I suppose. I'm into just interests. Yeah, and, and none of them are, are more important than any of the others. No, no. And I think a non-hierarchical, almost on purposely, you know, if you ever get a whiff of something taking us upper ground, you've got to cut it down and move around and go, yeah, but, and, you know, contradict yourself. Mm-hmm. So that constant shift and curation that comes from, yeah, let's do a, d- a thing on superconductors, then we'll do it on sugar, then we'll do it on wool, then we'll go to sharpness. Like, you, 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 if you dot around everywhere, eventually you create this haze of, yeah, you're about that sort of thing, aren't you, I think? I'm not sure. It's difficult to put into words, I suppose. Um, so for this podcast, I asked you to choose <laughs> one material that you'd like to talk oh. about. I know. And then, so I sort of, in the end, I had to kind of just do it on a whim because... Otherwise, if I overthought it, I would never do it. And it came down to two things, really. One was, well, so I've chosen ice. One, because it has an emoji. And I thought, well, why not? Uh, but really, it was, it was, for me, it's, that it, it's a really good example of actually a sort of a hunch, a feeling, a belief I feel like I have, which materials don't really exist. Like, so this is a state of stuff. And so... What is ice? You know, inside that yeah, deep. <laughs> it's like it's it's it sort of sums up for me many of the contradictions and interesting things about materials. That's incredibly everyday. We all know what we're talking about when we say ice. Yet the more you know about it, the less you know it. That's how it's sort of. That's why I've chosen it, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> well, so what is ice? Right. So it's water, isn't it? Solid water. So equally, is the material water. Ah. You see? <laughs> so the material is water, potentially, and its form is ice, maybe. State is it's in ice state. Mm-hmm. But it's very different from its liquid state. It's very different from its gas, gaseous state. So it is a different material. But So every time a material is in a different shape, even, is it a different material? So if I have copper and I have, like, a sheet of it and I have copper in a powder... Mm. 
really they are different materials. They are different materials. They're going to behave in very different ways. They're going to have very different properties. You treat them, you have to apply different processes to them to make them do things. They are, so if you're a chemist and you're looking on the periodic table, probably you're going to say, no, they're all copper. What are you on about? But the minute you become a person in the world trying to do things, I think they're different materials. And that's why I think materials, it's like a sort of continuum. There's an idea of the state of stuff that probably comes back to this sense of periodic table, copper. This is the idea of what it should be. And then there's this idea in the world about objects and we can imagine them. So if I say chair, you have in your mind's eye a chair. And when you see things in the world that map onto what you've seen before that look like chair, you go, yeah, yeah, chair. And if someone sits on it and they don't fall, like, yeah, just a chair, definitely chair. But you could have a thing that fitted the sort of topology and a shape of chair, but was made out of a material that meant it lost all function of chair. Like jelly. A jelly chair. You sit on it, you're on the floor. And then you're like, oh, the material starts playing part of the conversation. You're like, jelly chair, cool. Or you could have a material that you go, okay, it's copper, but the minute you have a bit and you really analyse it, you can go, this is copper from this mine with these impurities left out in the outdoors that's oxidised to this level. Like, it's starting to have a thingness to it. And, and it's, it's, so I'm always aware that materials are playing this sort of constant negotiation with their environment and with processes. And for me, making isn't just a human act. Like, a piece of coal is a made thing. And if I have a lump of coal in my hand, it is a, it's a made thing. It's just gone through geological processes of making. But then there's processes of mining and extraction and commodification that make it a thing I can hold, you know? And so it's, it's, a, it's really much more complicated than it first seems, you know, classic. But for me, materials are, that's what's so fantastic, is they're dynamic and they perform and it's a time-based medium, really. Yeah, and ice is a really good example of yes. this. Because so back to ice. Sorry, this I is read... what's going to happen. I warn you, I'm not going to be able to stay on the topic of material. <laughs> As I read on Wikipedia yesterday, <laughs> expert, um, there's 18 different ways that ice can be ice, not even including water and all of that stuff. See? So water molecules are these like V-shaped molecules. And um, there's all different ways that they can stack up with each other. There's 18 different ways that water molecules can stack up with each other to make a solid form of water. Yeah. And in that shape, it makes it's bigger than when it's in its liquid state. And that's at the heart of when it goes from liquid to solid, it expands and is bigger in volume. And in a way, we all know that. We've all put something in the freezer, you know, a bottle of water, and then it's frozen and it's burst out. Or you fill the ice tray perfectly level, but then the ice is bigger than the mm. volume of water you put in. But that's such a crucial f property of ice that that's what means it floats because it has a less dense and so it will float on top. Therefore, the seas can contain life under a sheet of ice. So like there's that incredibly unusual property of a solid to be l greater in volume than its liquid form is what means we have life on Earth, really. Like one of the things. I'm not going to make a grand claim. Oxygen probably is involved. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really important, but it's really weird basically. We've and also got... it's, it's, it's a word that is very confusing. Like when people talk about dry ice, mm. what are they talking about? I mean, you and I would think, okay, you're talking, really talking about solid carbon dioxide. Oh, I was going to say like the eighties no. and like, yes. Okay. Dance floor. Exactly. <laughs> dry ice, clouds of what's that game show. Exactly. Man in the audience <laughs> is on my wavelength. 
stars tonight. Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> tonight, Matthew, I shall be... Who do I look like? I don't know. Dustin Hoffman. Here we go. <laughs> right. So in... Ah, cold. Should have known that. <laughs> so in this polystyrene container, I've got little pellets of solid carbon dioxide. And this is dry ice. If I put a little bit of water into here... So this is very cold. And if I pour some water in... Oh, dear, and my ice went in. So now we have a bubbling cauldron of that sort of dry ice theatrical effect. And this is the... <laughs> So the carbon dioxide vapour coming off and it's sort of cascading down the outside of the container and it's creating loads of sort of smoke effect, but it's cold. Anyway, the thing is, what's the carbon dioxide, these pellets, they're called dry ice and they're called, they're dry because they never get wet because solid carbon dioxide does something called subliming. And this is when, this comes back to the sort of states of matter. We remember from school, you are solid, heat it up, liquid, keep heating, gas, yeah? Solid, liquid, gas, right? But this, this just goes solid, gas, yeah. It doesn't have that liquid phase, okay? And that, the doing of that is called sublimation. And um, another material that does it is tungsten. And that's in the old style light bulbs, you'd have that little spiral doobery up in the filament. And that was a tungsten coil. And when you heat your light bulb up, it would get red, well, white hot and give off light. And when your light bulb goes ping, that's a true sublime moment because that is the tungsten going solid gas like that and sort of failing. But this stuff does the same. It sublimes and it's, it's beautiful, but it is not at all wet, but it is a solid version of a material. It comes back to this issue that ice has about zero-ness, right? That it's all around... It's the sort of centre point of, you know, water is liquid at whatever bar of pressure at this degree of altitude at mm. this temperature and it will boil at 100 and it will be solid at zero. And we sort of, there's our um, scale against which we measure experiences like the weather and your temperature of your cup of tea or something. Mm. And that water is that, that um, the archetype, that thing that that's all based upon, that central sort of material tenant. But... Other things, their freezing point is actually quite hot. So, uh, you know, those things you'd have um, if you were going for a hike and have a, they're called ha like hand warmers, but they're like liquid pouches and then you crack them and they go solid and they get hot. And so what's happening there is you have a liquid that's in a state that's described as super cooled. So it's liquid at a point that is below its natural freezing point. And in the case of the liquid that's made out of, I think it's sodium acetate or something. Might not be, but look it up. Uh, it, it is sodium acetate. Let's go with it. Its freezing point happens to be about 40 degrees centigrade. centigrade. So that's quite warm for us. So in its state of 20, sitting in, a, in your bag, it's, it's below its natural freezing point. So it's in this super cooled state. If you crack it, you cause, you create shockwaves in it and you set, set off the, the nucleation of the crystals. Those crystals start to grow and it starts to solidify, but it jumps back up to its solidifying temperature of 40. So, oh, it's getting hot because it's having, when it becomes a solid, it does it at 40. So it moves back to that temperature, but that's hotness. 
And in fact, you can attempt to do this with ice. So this is something I've tried. I've set up hopefully here, but it's a it's a well established saying. If it works, it's physics. If it doesn't work, they say chemistry, but I like to think of art. So this if this doesn't work, it's just pure performance. Now in here is ice from the bar upstairs, a little jar filled with some distilled water. So this is water without any impurities in, and those impurities are what help crystals to grow around. They give them a starting point, a little site of nucleation. And um, so there aren't any of those in here. So it's easier to super cool this. So the idea is hopefully this water surrounded by ice will now be at a temperature below its natural freezing point of zero. It will have, it's, it is still a liquid, but it may well be like minus two. I'm not sure because it hasn't had a chance to become ice yet. It's been left still. Um, let's see. So in theory, if I shock this by like shouting at it or something, something rude. Let's try that first. It's good for audio. Tosser! No. <laughs> Nothing. No. All right. <laughs> no. Well, it's still a liquid. No, it it's still a liquid. But the hope is if oh, I don't want to pour it on the floor. Or can I? I mean, this is a rough and ready type of place. <laughs> what do we think? Yeah. 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 We can. We can. Yeah. 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 Up. Okay. So the the theory is if uh, this is super cooled. When it touches something that is at the temperature at which it wants to turn into a solid, i.e. zero, it will jump back up to the zero. So it will go from its current state of like minus two back up to zero and at that point become a solid. So in all hopefulness, <clears throat> I will pour this out and it will become a solid in midair. Who knows? Ooh. I know, but it's very likely not to work because this hasn't been in here for very long. Right, let's pour it onto this ice cube and see that nothing happens. In fact, let's hear, you can hear the dribbles a bit more. Right, I'm just going to, what we'll do is we'll leave it in there for longer and I'm going to pour a bit of salt onto it because salt lowers the freezing point of water, which is why they chuck it on the roads. But this might reduce the temperature surrounding the water even further. People often ask what makes Chaotic Adequate different from the other live play RPG podcasts available on the fabulous internet. Well, other podcasts are heartbreakingly without actual scholar of horror, Amanda DeJoy. We're not prisoners, we're your You're all prisoners. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to speak to the top priest. I want to speak to the manager. <laughs> they sorely lack comedian and actor Angus Dunnikin. She's uh, me, by the way. I say to this dragon, Hello, are you the homeowner? <laughs> The dragon looks almost offended that you would imply that he was renting. And uh, other podcasts are tragically bereft of the scientist, comedian, and semi-professional troll, Steve Cross. Oh, I love Chagrin you... Battle Founder, come to rescue you. Do you want to roll for potential seduction? Crucially, though, most D&D podcasts have a writer, creator, and dungeon master who's actually played the game before. We, conversely, have Gregory Aikman. There's about 18 different possible quest lines you're going to take and, <laughs> and, and you invented a new one. New episodes each week, new characters to meet, slash accidentally murder, and always new things to get a bit wrong. Join us in the world of chaotic adequate. It's, it's very silly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember as a, a child, we had some, I was about, I was seven. And we went on a family holiday with some good friends who had two kids as well. And the mum of the other family bought us some ice lollies. And I was given a mint ice lolly. And it was green. And I thought, that's, that's amazing. Green. It's going to be brilliant. And it was the most foul thing I've ever... I mean, honestly, it was revolting. Revolting. And I, I hated it. I thought, I cannot, I cannot eat this. But I couldn't deal with the sort of shame of... I think I probably, you know, ordered it off the board of, at the ice cream stand. I want the green one. And I couldn't deal with having made a bad choice and having to own up to that and also the shame of not liking something. And how do you deal with the sort of re- the rejection of food that someone's bought for you? And I don't know, there was just so much about me not wanting to say, I don't like it. Do you know what I mean? That was just not a done thing. I thought I must suffer, but I thought, no. I came up with a cunning plan. We were at the beach and I thought, if I trip over into the sand, oh, my ice lolly would fall into the sand and be... Sort of, uh, become one with the sand and outside down I go boom boom into the sand and up I bring my ice lolly infused with grains of sand and a cigarette butt you know like (laughs) oh oh and my thinking was this is the perfect way to get out oh no must put it in the bin perfect no she took the ice lolly went into a cafe and like got some hot water and run it under the tap and like cleaned it off and I was like no it's just like duped. I was not the plan, and I just, I just so clearly remember feeling like I'd felt so pleased with myself that I'd dealt with this situation with grace and style, and yet I'd been foiled, and that this material, like I hadn't really thought that it would be a, you know, oh no, of course, yeah, it's going to melt, and you get to a clean bit inside, and the ice lolly. I don't know how I dealt with it. I think I just let it slowly melt down my hand and like occasionally lick it. Just look willing and then let it just form a, a, a spearmint, cold spearmint glove. <laughs> just so horrible. That's very sad. So at the beginning of this podcast, we said that, you know, ice is a nice vehicle to talk about other materials. 
Well, I'm thinking right now we've got to we're getting, we've made some mess. We need to mop it up. What do you turn to? The paper towel, mm-hmm. and they're just amazing things, aren't they? The like, good old paper towel. The good old paper towel. Have you noticed in recent years how good they've got though? Like you see those adverts on telly, they're like ba- bounty and things like that. Like oh, yeah. paper kitchen roll, and it is unbelievable. It's like a dishcloth. You can keep using it over and over again. This one is from the toilet from this very pub. Oh, brace yourselves. Guess how many loo rolls I've got in my house right now. What do we think? Seven. I'm going to guess none as well. 92. Okay, I've got so many questions. (laughs) Why are you counting? What's special about them? Mm -hmm. And how big is your house? (laughs) Okay. So when I uh, sort of had that moment where you suddenly realise you've transitioned from that student shared house life. I am now living on my own sort of thing. And my desk wasn't in my bedroom anymore, you know. Um, I In my head, that moment was always going to be the moment when I would do an online supermarket shop and get things delivered and I was not going to have to be carrying it. And um, then when I was faced with like the Ocado website, click, what do you want? I was like, do you know what I want? Well, those things that are really annoying when you run out of them, surely, or are really heavy to carry. So, loo, loo, yeah, loo roll. And my house has an embarrassment of cupboards. So there was one cupboard that is now, I, I thought, well, I can keep loo roll in there. And I thought, well, if I'm going to put loo roll in there, I want to fill it. I want to fill it. <laughs> so um, you can buy, it transpires, 24 packs of loo roll. And... Um, a little handle and they're brilliant whoever knew because I only ever go to like the uh, something little or something extra or the small version of the supermarket like I'd never been in like my adult life really once I started living in London to those super endless aisle supermarkets and I hadn't realized quite what good value you could achieve um if you bought in bulk and so I thought right well I'm just going to fill this cupboard with loo roll and I filled it up and it required uh I could fit in about six of these 24 packs and so it's a good 100, and it's really pleasing. It's just so pleasing. And it's what you want to do, one of those adverts where you jump in it, and it's like, oh, oh, what a delight. I'm like a proper grown-up. I'm responsible for how I wipe myself, and that's and I can maintain a good stock. Um, so I, feel, I felt sort of disproportionately proud. I mean, I hadn't really done anything. I got these loo rolls, and then... The day came when I got down to like the last 24 and I was like, this is a disaster. It's a disaster. I can't go below 20. I can't go below 24. And I've realised life is better when you've got 50 plus. So I just never go below that. Really? That's it. I just recommend it to everybody. I like the idea of of your house having like the loo roll cupboard. You didn't say whether you could fit all of them in the cupboard or not. So I like the idea that you filled the cupboard and then like your living room is just like <laughs> I a built sofa. my sofas, yeah. <laughs> Small puff for the feet, little the, even, the curtains easy chair. are just loo roll. <laughs> rolls. I mean blinds. I've rigged up a way yes. to r- roll them up at night a day, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's good stuff. I don't go quilted. Let's not go mad. Right, but, um, like a two ply. Two ply's fine. Yeah. It's Waitrose own, but it's good, and and it's just it's just such a nice thing to have plenty of loo roll in the house. My family was my mum, my dad, my sister, and myself. So was, there was three women and my dad, and my dad just what he's very um, compliant. He's you know nothing's terrible. 
nothing's necessarily brilliant, but he's like, you know, steady as you go. And one day he snapped. He's like, the amount of loo roll we get through. I'm like, I've never seen him in such a rage. <laughs> it's like, I, who's doing it? Who is using all the loo roll? Anyway, he came home with a blue pack, a yellow pack, a pink pack and a white pack. And we all got assigned a loo roll <laughs> colour. And low <laughs> who he did not he got through about a quarter of the amount by the time we'd all finished he'd like use two rolls and we'd have eight well this brings us back to talking about solids <laughs> actually uh, have you ever seen a frozen poo uh, uh like a dog poo on the street yeah, yeah. it's kind of interesting anyway <laughs> god i had to poo in a bag once tell oh, god. us I can't give too many details because if people who were also involved in the event realise, they'll know how it was that I... <laughs> oh, my God, Zoe, what, you stop right now? <laughs> do we do that other segue? <laughs> Bring us on to bread. Oh, my God! <laughs> Another solid. Okay, so, the, you know, sometimes... Again, it's like you're sort of disproportionately proud of yourself in a moment. We, I was at a private view of an art gallery... And I was just a couple of friends and we were hungry and we thought there were going to be nibbles. There was a lot of alcohol, but then we couldn't see the nibbles. And so we got, we went on a prowl, like maybe we stood in the wrong point in the room and they're going one way and we're missing them. So we started to work the room of this, you know, of the, of the gallery. And um, I spotted a table with like little plates of food on your little bits of bread with stuff on top you know oh it's, it's here you know signal i found the food and there was quite a lot of people crowding around of course because that's where the food was and i thought oh i'll, I'll just I'll, what i'll do is i'll reach my arm through the crowd and i'll just get some food and i'll start passing it out to my friends like this but <laughs> so i put my arm through and i grab a piece of this bread and i just it's, it's, it's natural, isn't it? I know I should have given it to my friends first. But I popped the first one into my mouth, thinking I'll eat one whilst I'm passing, right? <laughs> Just a natural thing. I pop one for me, one for me, two for them sort of thing. So one into my mouth. And as I reached back to grab another one, all the, all the people had been gathered around and blocking my view, sort of parted, the waves parted. And everyone turned to look at me and watch me put this piece of bread into my mouth with a sort of quisitive look and there was a woman stood behind the table who was sort of who was the artist it later transpires but was clearly holding court to the people on the table as well and someone said so is it edible and i'm thinking yeah yeah and the, the other woman's like yeah yeah no it's it's totally edible it's just you know you want to know what's in it and i'm thinking i don't know what's in it but it tastes fine and then she looks at me and says do you know what's in it and I'm thinking, do I style it out? And go, yeah. Anyway, thankfully, I, di I didn't have to do anything other than sort of remain chewing. <laughs> and she was like, do you know what's in it? Yeah, because it's like, it's got the, the, the dry skin from my feet in it. What? And, and it was made with yeast that I harvested from my armpit. <laughs> and I just sort of went, yeah, I know that. <laughs> and just like kept it. <laughs> And sort of ate it with a, a smile and good grace. 
you know, I'd learned from the ice holly, you've got to, you just got to go through. You can't let people down when you eat their food. You've got to keep eating it. And I sort of just drifted away from the table. <laughs> and my friends gathered around me in this sort of like <laughs> administering the last rites kind of mood of like, oh my God, Zoe, Zoe. And it, and then it sort of, it just sort of got worse. And people came up, people said, are you the woman who ate the bread? And like this, it sort of came up to me through the evening. And like, how are you feeling? And it turned out she got one of those foot graters. I think it's called a, a ped egg. But it's, it's like a little great, like a Parmesan cheese grater with a catcher. And she sort of shaved the dead skin off the heels of her feet and for the course of months to get enough of this skin. And then was, as I said, heart, taking swabs from her armpits and cultivating the yeast that was naturally occurring there. And then used that to make this sourdough culture and, these, and made this bread. And it was sort of fine, but it was sort of awful. And was it the art piece? Yeah, it was her art. It wasn't the buffet. <laughs> no, it wasn't her buffet. Did it taste? Pardon? Did it taste nice? Did it taste nice? I mean, it tasted like bread, and so therefore it was fine. But unlike anything, I mean, I could do that. What's that thing in the jungle? Like anything, like this was a whole nother level. Bush of, Tucker Challenge. Yeah, it was, it was so disgustingly intimate <laughs> that... I, I I was sort of rendered speechless and I sort of had to go home early. <laughs> it was like yeah, and I had I, I don't really drink wine and I had to have I had a whole glass of red wine to try and purge my <laughs> my taste buds. <laughs> so would you say that that bread was probably your least favourite material? That very specific bread. Yes. Yeah. 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 But the thing is also. I probably would do it again, especially for a laugh or some money. Like, <laughs> like I survived. So how bad was it? Do it, do it. You know, if a crowd egged me on, I would do it. Yeah. It's shameless. I was in the lab the other day <laughs> and um, my colleague was like, um, we're, we're using ferrofluid, which is like an oil with magnetic nanoparticles in it. And um, my friend was like, uh, how how much would you do a shot of that for? <laughs> and I was like, a million pounds, Richard, a million pounds. He was like, I'd do it for like 20 quid. <laughs> no, did he? Did you give him 20 quid? No, to I do didn't. It? I don't have 20 quid. <laughs> <laughs> it does say toxic, like, do not eat on it. Yeah. When I give it to people, I sort of, mainly because not like, down a tube or something, you know, <laughs> not force feeding them. But I, ha- you know, if I'm demonstrating and I hand it out to a crowd or something in a bottle with a magnet, I'll say, please, please don't open it. You know, please use your common sense. Don't let a magnet smash against the side and break it. It'll make a terrible mess. But those nano-sized particles will go through your cell walls and interfere with your DNA. Who knows what's going to happen? So you know, you know they, then they apply the correct degree of caution. But it's, it's very small stuff. It will go through your skin. And into your cells. And it has done on my skin on many occasions. Yeah. But I'm fine. <laughs> the clock's ticking, though. Probably, yeah. Um, it would be nice, I think, if we um, if we touched on the cultural elements of ice. Yeah. Because as, as you walked in, I don't know if you noticed my amazing playlist. <laughs> um, ice is all part of our culture. We calibrate our temperatures based on the freezing and the boiling of water. It's so ingrained in how we experience the world. And I wonder what it is about this stuff that is so... Evocative. And evocative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is because of the ubiquitous nature of water. It is, you can't stay alive without having it. Mm. And there must... But equally, maybe because we're a sort of Northern European culture where 
in the winter it will get cold enough to freeze we have a particular relationship with it i don't know what it would be like if you were sort of central africa or something how would you conceive of ice i mean i remember being in ghana and having an ice cream and it was served to me in a bag in a plastic bag and you the you don't peel the wrapper and hold your ice cream on a stick you snip the corner of the bag and sort of suck the, uh, the ice cream out because it's turning to liquid straight away and it's a very cold liquidy ice creamy mush really like because so there's no they don't have an ice lolly on a, an ice cream on a stick there's no ice lolly on a stick there's no ice cream on a stick it's ice cream comes in a bag and so it's yeah you realize those things that are so common and ubiquitous the, the ice lolly emoji is on a stick it's not in a bag but in other places it wouldn't be so you're just talking about ice cream we have yeah. bought some ice cream to make for the audience. Woo! This is the benefit that you get for coming to a live podcast yeah. recording. But that's the thing. So you, ice cream in a bag, but ice cream made right there in front of you, fresh as a daisy. When you when the liquid go when the you know when the ice goes from liquid to solid, these crystals form. And if you can, the thing with ice cream is you've ever put it back in the freezer after it's melted and the edges are all when you get it out again and it's frozen. The edges are lots of large ice crystals. Mm. That's what will naturally happen if you don't keep breaking it up. And so that's what an ice machine, an ice cream making machine doing is doing. Sorry, it's rotating constantly and breaking up those ice crystals to make them nice and small. Because the smaller the ice crystal, the smoother and more luxurious your ice cream. But the best way to make an incredibly small crystal sized ice cream is to make it freeze incredibly fast. And to do that, I'm going to use liquid nitrogen, which is minus 197 degrees centigrade so that's going to solidify the cream incredibly quickly and therefore hopefully make a very small crystal sized ice cream that's going to be the best ice cream you've ever had right so here's the bowl plastic so it's inside i've put a punnet of raspberries and i'm going to just mush them up uh, 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 with my wooden spoon break those down and do you want a pure cream or a custard cream mix? What do we think? Pure cream, custard cream. Mix, mix, mix. I think mix, mix. Mix. <laughs> mix. More, everything. Taste the difference, Zoe. You're treating us. <laughs> you, this is a woman who has 100 toilet rolls. I don't... <laughs> <sighs> I'm a generous host. Right. Um, mixing first went in the custard. I put a little slosh of cream. There we go. Right. Mix that up. So this is your basic mix. If you ever get into a position where you're able to make your own ice cream, Frosties are a fantastic addition. Um, sweet and crunchy. And that sort of, you know, Frosties and cream. I mean, just how can you go wrong? I'm going to add a little squirt of honey because these raspberries aren't in season. I'm sorry, Dad. He's a farmer, so sorry. But anyway, raspberries, they need a bit of help, I think. So... The other thing is when things are when things are cold, they don't taste as sweet. So actually you do need to have quite a sweet mix for it then to taste like normal sweet ice cream. Let me just give that a good stir. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Right. So the mix is ready. And I'm gonna now pour in the liquid nitrogen. Okay, I'll narrate. Yeah. So Zoe is lifting the enormous, it's not that big, a small dewer of liquid nitrogen. <laughs> a hush descends. Right, here we go. So you can kind of hear the 
hear that cracking and that's... Oh, that's actually probably the bowl, but <laughs> put a bit too much in. But that's, that's the ice crystals forming and little bubbles exploding to the surface. Now you can hear the kind of granular, crunchy consistency. I've made it too solid. Oh. Right, it sounds like crunchy gravel, but I can assure you, this has made... So oh, the table's frozen too. Ooh. It's so incredibly quick that the crystal size, the grain size in this ice cream is going to be really small, and that will make for a really smooth, delicious ice cream. So I suggest in the interval between the first and second half, we partake of ice cream like all good theatres should have. We must. It looks beautiful. Let's give it five, I reckon. Yeah, it's let probably... me try a bit. <laughs> <sighs> five, cold. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's cold. You're not, you're not actually breathing out liquid nitrogen, but probably not far off. <laughs> That's good. You're going to enjoy it. So that was Zoe Laughlin. Thank you so much to her for coming and doing our first ever live recording. Thanks also to the Harrison Pub for hosting us, to Ian Bokett on sound and to Lucy Eckersley who took some wonderful photos, which you can see if you head over to our Twitter page. We're at Real Talk. That's R-I-A-L Talk. That's all for this episode, but we'll be back with another episode in two weeks' time. But until then, take it easy and see you next time on Real Talk. Get your cubes out, get your cubes out, get your cubes out for the materials, girls. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.